my uh, head started racing and the first thought was oh no and then the second one was can can i do this i can't find aids for my baby it all happens and i get very very uh mad in the start i get very irritated and very angry i really felt like i was a part of a very small minor group that does not matter this is elena shai henrich when she finds out that she's pregnant her world flips upside down in more ways than you can imagine it is not a nice thing without asking it is it's a nice it's a well-meant thing they did not mean me harm or my baby harm doing this but without asking me you took my baby from me without my approval my name is alice edwards and i'm your host and having a mom in a wheelchair i'm used to hearing people telling her you're such an inspiration you're my hero and if that's what you're looking to find here turn off the podcast I have the same diagnosis as my mom, and chances are I'll need a wheelchair in the future. And I don't want these or countless other misconceptions to be my future or anyone else's. That's why we're changing at least one part of this narrative. This is a podcast about love and sex from a disabled perspective. You're listening to Love and disability The year is 2022 and Helena Shay Henrich and her husband Daniel Henrich they decide they're going to start trying for a baby together I stopped taking birth control and I tried to lose some weight and eat healthier and get in a good shape because I wanted to have a strong body for pregnancy. If I was going to be lucky and get pregnant, I wasn't even sure I could be pregnant. But it goes a lot faster than she expects. And then I just took a random test and there was two lines. So I called my husband and I say, "Hey honey, where is the fancy test?" And he's asking why and i said no reason i i just want to know where it is and he finds me the fancy test and i i use the fancy test and it says pregnant one to two weeks <laughs> and i went out into the living room again and he looks at me and he says yes and i say yes and we just look at each other with like a little bit of panic And you know, panicking after finding out that you're pregnant, that is not an unusual reaction. Realizing that you might become a parent, that can be scary for anyone. And my uh, head started racing and the first thought was, "Oh no." And then the second one was, "Can can I do this?" But the panic is different for Helena. I felt scared. when i find, found out i was pregnant because i had not been uh fronted with the possibility of that happening um growing up i was so much in the hospital i had surgeries i had follow up consultations i had specialists looking into my injury and my 
disability, but it was never talked about that I could have kids. Helene was born with an injury on her spine and uses a wheelchair. And that happening, it felt like I was almost doing something I wasn't supposed to because it had never been brought up before. So it felt very strange and a very unfamiliar terrain because I had no idea what that would mean. So she turns to Google. She Googles disabled moms, moms with spinal cord injuries, moms in wheelchairs. And I don't find anything on Google. And that just makes me even more stressed. So she calls a friend. And I ask her, what do I do now? I am pregnant. And uh, she says that there is not much to do. You did the thing, now you wait. She makes herself stop Googling and calls her doctor on Monday. And they all tell her she can do this. And they repeat her friend's words. Now you wait. She gets an ultrasound at week 7 and then at week 12. And there he is. The size of a lime and with a clear heartbeat. Her baby is healthy. He is fine. That was reassuring. However, the real struggle has just begun. She wants to know what baby care equipment there can be that can help her, as a woman in a wheelchair, to be an independent mother. She decides to go to her occupational therapist and asks, What do you have available for me? Um, I want to be an independent mom. I want to take care of my baby. What can I use to make that happen? And she looked at me and said, I don't know. So she tries her local baby care store instead. I remember uh, these employees looking at me, wondering what I wanted. And I said, I'm looking for a stroller. That would be good for my needs because I'm going to be a mom. And I remember the situation. I felt very insecure. And at the same time, these people at the store were also very insecure. So that was a very... It was a little bit of a scary experience because they didn't know what to recommend me. She finds an exhibition where companies specializing in equipment for people with disabilities show what they can offer. But going in the door there, um, there was, they were in a big hall and there was 30 different stands and they all had their tables and their pamphlets and some of the aids and equipment that they represented. I talked to all of them and I said, hey, I'm pregnant. How can you help me? I was looking at something that wasn't too heavy and something that could may help me carry my baby around, something that could help me have my baby outside with me. And for the most part, I was looking for things that would make it easier for me to have him around with me by myself. So I was looking for a good carrier where I could have him on my chest. I was looking for a good stroller so I could push him around myself. And I was looking for good breastfeeding pillows because I heard from other disabled moms that in the start when the baby is very little, you can have this pillow on your lap and you can have the baby on the pillow getting him around with you. 
The place is packed with endless rows of tables with companies showing off their equipment. But very few have tools targeted towards parents. No, out of 30 uh, stands, I think I got one, two, three, four that had something that I could use. I think that I am happy that there was something there that I could find. Because I don't think I would have found it any other places. Um, I found this pillow that had this clasp so I could attach it around my waist. And that was very nice because in the start when he was so little I could actually put him down and I could roll around with him like that inside when I was just trying to get from A to B. But I wish there was more, of course. Struggling to find equipment is starting to take a toll on her. It made me feel a little sad, but mostly disappointed. I really felt like I was a part of a very small minor group that does not matter. I don't feel like my pregnancy contributed as much to society as a regular pregnancy would do, if I can put it that way. Because I just didn't feel like there was a... There was that was not really an option for me to be pregnant suddenly because there was just no aids and no help and no things to actually like get to take care of my baby. And it felt very disheartening. Mm. Helen's situation is not an isolated incident. This is Nicole Lomerson. She's a researcher at the National Research Center for Parents with Disabilities, which is located in the U.S., Massachusetts. It is one of the only research centers of its kind. They conduct research and provides training and technical assistance to improve the lives of parents with disabilities and their families. I would say that requests for information on adaptive baby equipment or adapting existing baby equipment are in the top three topics that I address every day when I talk to parents at our research center. And Nicole herself, she's been in Helena's shoes. I'm a mom with cerebral palsy and I use a wheelchair. And while I was pregnant, I was searching all corners of the internet to find adaptive baby equipment. And when I couldn't find those things, I had to start thinking about how I would adapt things. She says that the lack of adaptive baby care equipment for parents with disabilities is a part of a much larger problem. Since the beginning of time, disabled people have always existed. Whether or not we have allowed them to exist and live lives or whether or not we have institutionalized them and locked them away, away from the community is another story entirely. The stigma against people with disabilities is here and it is global, and it varies globally, but it is a very common theme in the lives of disabled people across the world. And according to Nicole, the stigma comes with huge consequences. This lack of equipment is a, is a symptom of all of the ways 
that we stigmatize people with disabilities. You know, if the larger society does not view us as people who can participate in our communities, can meet people, have babies, and care for those babies, if the society doesn't recognize that we too can do those very normal life course things, of course they're not going to produce equipment. The only solution is to become creative. So, disabled parents have become incredibly ingenious and tend to figure out these solutions on their own. Because we are living our lives in a community every single day that is not built with us in mind. So we are constantly thinking of new ways and better ways that we can use to get things done. And that includes the tools that we use. I was a little shocked in the start, and then I uh, just accepted that, okay, society isn't aware that disabled women are having babies. That really sucks, but I can't have that affect me and my family. So that's when I started trying to figure out solutions that I could use for me. This is not the first time that society has made it difficult for Helena to be as independent as she has the right to be. She's used to this. She's used to places, products and people not having her disability in mind. And she snaps into her three stages of fixing mode. First. Now in this case, I can't find aids for my baby. It all happens that I get very, very... uh mad in the start I get very irritated and very angry and I have to mope about it for a couple of days. Number two. I google around and I look around and I do a research phase and I try to figure out what can I do. And then number three. She starts inventing her own solutions like repurposing other equipment. Out of the box phase where I try to figure out as much as I can I try to find several options of what I can do and how they would work and try to figure out which one would work the best for me in my situation. She sits on a living room floor with an ever-growing pregnant belly and she tries to figure everything out. She buys equipment that is meant for other things, but twists and turns it into the perfect fit for her. All the way until it's time. In early September, and after four tough days in labor, a small brunette boy is finally in her arms, healthy and well, Theon. And I got him on my chest, and he was just the most beautiful little creature I've ever seen. And it was just a very beautiful moment. It was, I felt relieved, and it was just, it was just a very nice, calm moment. I remember checking to see if he had hair, and I took off his hat, and he had hair, and I thought it was the most adorable hair I've ever seen. The thoughts when I was holding him was really just like, oh, so this is what you look like. Because I, I didn't have a picture in my head about what he would look like, so I, I didn't really know what to expect when I saw him. He was so adorable. I was like, oh, 
well, that is what you look like. And I remember thinking when I had a moment chest, looking at him and looking at my stomach and looking at him and thinking, how did you fit in there? And uh, we were rolled back to the room after that. And we spent the first night as a family. And she gets to try out her self-made adaptive baby care equipment. What I figured out that I could use is this harness that's really for a stroller. Make it work. So what I do is I just put it around my waist instead of putting it around the seat. And then... Yeah. Then you have this... Belt that you can put on him, and you put it on very easily, like like this, and then he's on my lap, and it works perfectly. However, there are other things that she cannot fix on her own, things that other people might take for granted, but take a scary turn for Helena, like when she goes to a coffee shop. It all happens so fast. Suddenly, someone without asking has taken the stroller with Theon in it. They took my stroller to push it in the door when I was trying to get in the door myself. It is this cramped, small door. So Helena quickly understands that the people inside the coffee shop are trying to help her. But even so, her heart's racing. It's because they just grabbed it out of my hand and it made me feel like I wasn't capable of, of getting my baby into that coffee shop. I felt like they did not see me as capable enough to do that myself, so they had to do it for me without even considering to ask me if that was okay. It is not a nice thing without asking. It is, it's a nice, it's a well-meant thing. They did not mean me harm or my baby harm doing this, but without asking me, you took my baby from me without my approval. And that's not okay, because you wouldn't do that to an able-bodied person. So for me, if someone had just asked me, hey, can I help you? Or, hey, can I take your stroller in for you? That would be completely different, because then they respected me as a parent, and they asked me for my permission to take him in. But instead, they just grabbed him and took him in for me. And since she became a parent, the obstacles just keep piling up. I always just had to think about where I could fit me and a stroller. Like, getting around the site, you know, I can't always fit me and a stroller in a handicap toilet anymore. Like, or a handicap bathroom, I can't actually fit. I have to figure out how to maneuver him in and how to get me in and how to actually be able to access the toilet myself or access the changing table for him. It's evident that bathrooms for people with physical disabilities have not been designed for them to also be parents. When I'm out and about in society, the changing tables are meant to be for standing people. And that means even though I am in a handicapped bathroom and there is a changing table in there, it is way too high up for for me. So I've had a lot of times where I have to sit and I literally have to reach as far as I can to try to change him. And sometimes I've ended up just changing him in the stroller because I can't reach up to the changing table. 
it is very, very irritating that I can't go to a handicapped bathroom and change my son on a changing table that is my height. But then, finally, it happens. Helena finds a bathroom that is actually built for parents with physical disabilities in mind in the local hospital. She is shocked. Uh, so last time I went there, uh, it was an appointment that my husband had to go to and Theon's diaper was full. So I went to the handicapped bathroom to change him. I see that this changing table is actually my height and it's like on the centimeters accurately. And so I put him on this next next to it and I roll in under and I change him and it's the easiest change I've ever done and I was so happy about it. And later that week, I mentioned it to my dad, who works as our gender at the hospital. And he said, yes, I thought about you when I set it up. <laughs> and I think that is one of the sweetest things my dad has ever done for me. <laughs> so we've heard that people with disabilities are among the best problem solvers that you'll ever meet. But constantly being forced to figure out these obstacles. That eats up a massive amount of energy. And according to Nicole Lomerson, it also sends out a constant message, like static noise. And it sends very negative messages about your value within society and what society thinks about whether or not you should parent. If we're not actively supporting these parents with the equipment they need to take care of their kids, that's a very backhanded way of saying, oh, we don't think you should become a parent. And for the pregnant person who is searching and searching for equipment, you know, pregnancy is supposed to be this really like this really fun time of like new experiences and and good things happening but you're preparing for your baby and it's highly highly stressful i was up googling every single night trying to find anything and everything when i just should have been sitting on the couch with my husband having a bowl of ice cream cuz that's what i was craving while pregnant and just not having to worry about these things. According to the World Health Organization, an estimated 1.3 billion people experience significant disability. This represents 16% of the world's population, or one of six of us. This makes the lack of tools and representation a global problem. Disability is not rare. Disability is all around us. And while not all of those people will need adaptive equipment to parent their children, having that equipment available and accessible can show disabled people what is possible, that we too see you as a parent, as a capable and competent parent. Baby care equipment for disabled parents, that is only the tip of the iceberg. 
There are a lot of factors globally that make being an independent parent hard for disabled parents. Economics, accessibility, and prejudice, those are just some of the major factors. This is why Helene chooses to speak up. It makes me think that we are important. I think that me and the other people I know and the other ones coming in the future are important to break the taboo, to to be visible, to show that we're just as good parents as everyone else. And that we absolutely deserve to have just as much rights and accessibility aids and tools to be present parents. It's, it is important to me that other future parents will not have as much obstacles, I guess, than, than what we have now. We are parents and we are capable and that we, as everyone else, want to make the life of our children as good as possible. And I think it's important that we are visible and the people know that we exist and we just a little bit extra help and tools and aids so we can be just as good parents as everyone else. And most of all, she wants society to catch up. I would want there to be more aids accessible that were easy and okay to use and that there were more um, openness and information for everyone involved that there it is that it is a normal thing that it, it isn't a revolution that I had a baby it's not sensational that I made a baby happen that is a, a human thing and we're all humans and even though I look or move a little different than everyone else that shouldn't that shouldn't be a difference. It shouldn't make parenthood for me different than for everyone else. You have listened to Love and Disability, a field production about love and sex from a disabled perspective. Hosted by me, Alice Edwards. Our technician was Krister Orreteg. Voice actors were Shang Imam and Daniel Savström. And the episode was produced and edited by Maria Elena Selaya. <laughs> <laughs>